think students uh, should defend their rights to uh, get paid uh, the uh, legal amount and what they deserve actually. But I'm sure there are places uh, still pushing uh, their employers uh, to get underpaid. Um, it never goes away to anywhere. This week on Dirty Linen, we are talking about the topic that everybody is talking about in the hospitality industry, and that is staffing. Restaurants are really stretched. And one of the, I guess, solutions to that issue has been the increase in allowable working hours for international students. There's a lot of discussion around that, but I don't think we hear enough from the students themselves. So today we are chatting to an old friend of Dirty Linen. It is Touche Bayraktar, an international student from Turkey who's been living here for a while and who I was very honoured to meet as part of the Attica Soup Project too. Welcome back to Dirty Linen. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, it's so great to have you. It's always really good to talk to you. Um, so Tisha, yeah, we, we met at the Attica Soup Project when you were an international student who had lost your work in the lockdown. Um, and yeah, we were really, we always loved seeing you and Alper, your husband and your other housemates when you came along. You're always such bright presences. Um, but tell me where you're working now. Um, I'm at the moment working at uh, Atika summer camp, uh, which was an amazing journey for me. Uh, it's coming to an end soon, but uh, it was lovely to work there after I uh, joined the soup project. Uh, it was kind of my dream to work uh, with the team. So I'm happily working with them at the moment. And yeah, it's been great, actually. Tell me about when you first moved to Melbourne and you ended up living not that far from Attica. What was one of the things that you did? Yeah, uh, I was following uh, Attica uh, before I come here, actually. And um, it, it was, like, as I said, it was one of my dreams. So uh, I realized that I'm in the same street with Attica and I immediately run out from the house and just try to find where, where it is. It was a humble restaurant and I couldn't see. Uh, I passed it in front of it twice and I found it finally. There was a small sign uh, at the front and I touched it and I'm, I said like one day <laughs> and uh, it was amazing actually to see it I, I was that close to the restaurant so yeah it's kind of a funny story now <laughs> it's great so Attica summer camp as you say it's closing soon it um, ran from January through to the end of May in the Yarra Valley tell me what it's been like working there oh it's been great um it, it is a bit uh, away from the city, but uh, it's a great place um, to uh, look around. It's an amazing environment, uh, like it's in, in the middle of the nature. And um, great team we have at the moment. It's a bit sad that we are going to leave soon, but uh, it was crazy in the beginning. Um, we were rushing all the time. We are still rushing. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, team uh, started to uh, get along more. They uh, started to uh, know each other more. So we feel more like a team. So it, it's a great uh, work environment and I like my teammates. Um, as I said, it's, it's a bit sad that it's going to end soon. But um, 
Yeah, like amazing place, amazing food, amazing environment. People were happy, uh, still happy to work there. So yeah. yeah, it's great. I was fortunate to have a meal out there with my family, and um, sadly, you'd already left that day. But um, uh, all the prep you did made everything so delicious. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, so different to Attica in, I guess, the format. It's a la carte. Um, the food is is just super tasty, quite simple. Um, and just, yeah, really clever. And I guess the, the most famous dish um, that's uh, come out of Attica Summer Camp in its short life has been this rotisserie potato, which is a little bit like a Hasselback potato where it's got these thin slices through it, but it's cooked on a rotisserie, which is uh, such a simple tweak, I guess, to cooking a potato, but it's also so radical. And to me, it's an interesting insight into Ben Shuri's mind, the way he um, <laughs> takes really... It's really simple ingredients and just transforms them in ways that seem quite magical in the end. Yeah, exactly. Like um, uh, to watch him uh, working with the food and um, understanding how he's thinking about it, uh, it's a great experience for me actually. Uh, And, yeah, I had dinner as well myself. And, yeah, it's a great experience when you sit down too. (laughs) Mm. Great. Well, let's let's move on to the topic of the day, which is staffing. And I particularly was interested to chat to you to get your experience from the time you came here as an international student. We we hear a lot about students. You know, there's students are spoken of as uh, cheap foreign labour. You know, as fodder for um, industry. Uh, often, well, people say you know disrespected, underpaid forced into unsafe working conditions, but we don't often hear from the students. So that's why you're here today. What I would love to start with is what you were told about Australia and about the working environment before you got here. Um, I heard before I come here, uh, it's a really fair environment, Uh, no racism almost, and um, really multicultural, everyone is respected to each other. Uh, People are paying uh, workers really fairly. And um, yeah, generally it was was like that. And I knew before I come here that I was going to have only uh, 20 hours working permit. And I was a bit um, worried before I come here and I didn't exactly know if it's going to be enough or no. But um, after I come here, um, I kind of struggled to find a job as a student because uh, when you're working as a chef, 20 hours um, is not enough, actually, to uh, contribute to work. So um, being a part-timer, it makes it really difficult to find a job. And after you find it, it also, um, you can't improve your um, hierarchy in the kitchen as well because if you want to uh, be better, get better uh, you have more experience and also for example if you want to be a sous chef 20 hours is nothing to stay in a kitchen and run a, a kitchen actually so yeah um, I've been mm. yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> so what did you do? so um I I started to uh, search for other things and um, 
couldn't find it at the beginning. So, yeah, I tried to manage my life as um, well as possible and started to search for other options. And I tried to stay in that limit. And, like, I heard most of the time my uh, friends are getting exploited uh, in their workplace. They are getting offered um, to work um they are, they are underpaid, and the worst thing about this is uh, restaurants are doing, making the students feel uh, as they are making a favor to them. And, for example, if you're uh, working, um, hourly working uh, salary is 20 hours, when they are offering you, uh, like, hours more than 20, they are making it to $15, $16 per an hour. So... Um, still, the amount of uh, hours that you work is a lot, but the salary is not enough to uh, like continue to your life normally. So it's and it's a lot of stress when you do that because you're always uh, taking a risk and feel like a criminal when you're working in a restaurant and um, just like making you so nervous and you just want to continue to your life uh, and stay safe. Uh, living a quality life and experience Australia as well as possible. Mm. And, I mean, you talk about, you know, your impression of Australia was that it was multicultural and people were treated fairly. But do you think, in your experience and for what you heard, do you think that students tend to stick to their language groups and sort of get uh, lost in these sort of, I guess, enclaves um, where they feel like they can't, I guess, break out into wider society? Yes. Um, so in the beginning, uh, they feel uh, like they had to stick, stick with their own uh, nationality because it feels more safe. And they don't know how the system works, how, what is superannuation, like how, like how it should be. Uh, we don't know at the beginning. So when you're working uh, with a with a bunch of people with your own language that you feel more safe. But the worst thing is uh, you get exploited more because they can manipulate you uh, really well since you are trusting them at the beginning and they are telling you, yeah, um, you can't find anywhere, like any job anywhere. So you have to kind of stick with us forever. So they uh, use this situation against students. And... um, a lot of students were suffering. A lot of my friends were suffering. Uh, they were feeling kind of trapped in the restaurant uh, because they weren't thinking they are good enough. They are not speaking uh, like uh, properly English. They don't. They won't understand other places, so they didn't even apply. And um, yeah, like it's a, a circle that uh, happening all the time. It's really unfair. I mean, was there any information, whether from the government or from the educational institutions, that helped you navigate and negotiate these things? Uh, not really. Um, when you are applying for your visa, you only get um, notified that you have 20 hours working permit and uh, you shouldn't um, just pass that 20 hours. But other than that, uh, nothing actually, uh, especially we. I experienced this during the lockdown. So uh, I always um, try to follow what's 
what's going on and what other options that I can have because I lost my job during the pandemic. So uh, I needed the job. And um, international student group were uh, was posting these kind of news. And it wasn't enough because uh, we uh, got help from Red Cross and also um, uh, other organizations helped as well. But it is a one-time thing and still doesn't uh, help you enough to um, continue to your life for a year, actually. Because like you, uh, you lost your job, there's nothing out there, little bit of help, and like uh, legally nothing changes. And environment has been changed, but nothing changed for the student and even got worse, actually. Mm, because, of course, you still needed to pay your course fees, you needed to pay your insurance, obviously you needed to pay your rent and your living expenses. Yeah, exactly. Like, especially uh, the, like, uh, the, um, most of the students are paying their own uh, study fees. They don't have that kind of money before they come here. Yes, we are uh, claiming that we will have that money in our bank account, but no one uh, uh, keep that money with them. They want to keep their own life. Uh, they want to earn their own money to pay their own fees. So it's uh, really tough to keep this up all the time. And whatever you earn, it goes immediately to the uh, student fees and rent and other expenses. So uh, you can't leave that uh, Australian experience in Australia when you're a student. Um, yeah, really tough. I think some people have an impression that the students that come here must have family money. They must be quite wealthy. But is that not the case in your experience? Uh, yes, uh, not at all. Like for me, for example, uh, I got supported from my family before I come here. And um, but I'm from Turkey. Turkey is not doing well at the moment. Uh, economy is going really bad. Um, my father, like, even though he's working same amount, he's not earning the same amount of money. And also the currency has been, uh, changed drastically in Turkey. So he can't support me. He did, he never supported me. Uh, like he supported me at the beginning, but I wanted to, uh, keep my, uh, uh, own life separately from his as much as possible. And even though he wanted to, he couldn't do that anymore. So uh, a lot of people around me, a lot of my friends around me, they are in the same situation. Uh, whether or not they are from Turkey, they uh, can't get that sub kind of support. They just want to earn their own uh, salary and they want to support themselves. Mm. Well, I imagine a lot of students would also want to support their own families back home. Yeah, uh, yeah, actually. Um I even had to do that a couple of times to my family, which was weird and tough to think about it because uh, you sometimes you, you are in a bad situation and you have to do that. It's not your main object to do that when you come here, but life happens to everybody. Mm, yeah, I mean, no one thought that this would be the situation now. Um so a lot of students went back to their countries of origin. Was that something that you ever considered, Tuche? Uh I thought about it uh, because um, 
when everything is locked down, uh, I was thinking a solution and there was nothing out there. Uh, I couldn't think about it. It was stressing me so much. And generally, I'm a person that tried to find a solution and kind of plan my life according to that. But you're in a lockdown. You lost your job. You can't do anything. What are you going to do? Like, you're, well, of course, you're going to consider that like at some point uh, without the job, nothing to do out there. You have to go back. But I knew that if I go back there, uh, my case would be uh, even worse. And I really wanted to continue my study in here and gain as much as experience in Australia as a chef. Uh, I considered that, but um, I kind of uh, forced myself to stay here in in a really tough situation. But it, like if it couple of more months, uh, like I couldn't find a job, I was going to go back, unfortunately. Mm. Wow. I'm glad you stayed. Are you glad you stayed now? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> um, so, so your situation, what you know, this 20 hours a week or 40 hours a fortnight that you're allowed to work. I mean, honestly, when I do the sums, I find it really hard to imagine how anybody could survive. I mean, let's say you're earning $30, which most people wouldn't be. I mean, that's still not really enough money to live on. I mean, do you... F- did you have to like, or did you, or do you hear about people who are living in, you know, less than ideal housing, um, skimping on food and, or perhaps medical expenses simply to get by? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, yes. Um, um, a lot of people stayed in, um, really crowded houses. Uh, they had to, they were living in a really unhappy life. <laughs> And we were, um, before the lockdown, um, my husband, Ayfer, and my best friend, um, we were living together. After lockdown, um, we uh, started to stay six people in a two-bedroom house. <laughs> we kind of managed that. It was, uh, we uh, tried to make it as fun as possible for ourselves, but we couldn't able to pay the rent. Uh, three of us so we had to uh, invite two more friends of ours who were suffering from the same situation Uh, we uh, helped each other out um, and yeah we managed to uh, keep that going uh, with six people wow yeah you just just, it just doesn't feel like a rich first world country where that people should be in that situation having to compromise in that way Yes, unfortunately, it is not. Um, yeah, we kind of felt that we are being pushed out, and like especially um, like uh, political people were announcing that there's nothing to do; you have to go back, and we had to find our own solution to uh, stay here and be safe and study. Yeah, this is this was our solution. So it was announced a few weeks ago that uh, because of the pressure on business, not because you know they're caring so much about students, but because businesses, uh, hospitality businesses, were finding it hard to get staff, that uh, stu- international students were going to have that limit on working hours removed at least for a period. Um, how did that news hit you? 
Uh, I immediately thought um, it's amazing, but it's a bit late <laughs> because uh, it, it is an amazing thing to have. And it would have been personally, it would have been so useful for me if that can happen one year ago. But uh, we still a lot of students in here who need that kind of working hours and live a quality life, uh, pay their um expenses and also uh, getting help psychologically I'm hearing a lot of about this because uh, since we passed the bad time uh, people are still suffering psychologically to uh, continue to take their life um, yeah it's an amazing uh, thing actually without uh, like without being worried uh, working uh, 40 hours even more than 40 hours uh, it will help a lot of people, uh, starting from myself, and I'm really happy to have that. Do you think it compromises people's studies? Uh, yeah, it, it is a bit tough because you still have to study um, and you have to manage that work and study life uh, balance. Uh, but it is tough. It is tough. <laughs> um, I'm studying two days uh, in a week, and also I need to continue studying to do my assignments. Um, and extra working 40 hours, it is busy for a student. But um, I'm not complaining since <laughs> it is helping me a lot. Um, yeah, but it, it is kind of uh, hard to manage that time. Yeah. I mean, students are really, I guess, behind the eight ball. As you mentioned, you know, a lot of people need extra support, whether, you know, appointments with a psychologist or, um, yeah, you know, just counselling. Um, but none of that, students aren't eligible for Medicare. So all of that has to be either paid out of pocket or perhaps could sometimes be covered by private insurance, but it's not a, it's still not a level playing field. It's still just, you're still not like another university student. Yes. Um, yeah. Like you, your uh, insurance company generally doesn't pay that. Uh, I heard that they are uh, going to change this uh, and like in favor of uh, students but um, till now, uh, like I'm still scared to go to see a doctor because I don't know what will be the consequences for me. Um, yeah, so you kind of uh, push yourself to not get sick, um, try to avoid your problems if you have, uh, if you need some psychological help, and uh, you just postpone everything. Um, like health without health insurance, you uh, it's kind of a guessing game. Um, if it's be enough, if it's gonna be covered by an insurance, and um, this is the situation that worries me the most, actually. Yeah, that sounds really worrying that you would be um, avoiding seeking medical help because yeah, the insurance might not cover it. I feel really concerned about that, Tisha. Yes. Um, it, it, it is kind of a, um, like, you feel trapped. Um, I wanted to get some psychological help, but I didn't have any savings for that. So I uh, just try to uh, keep my positivity up, but it's, it doesn't work that way. It wasn't uh, working like that for me. 
No, I mean, the power of positive thinking, you know, that can go part of the way, but you can't just decide to be well. It's not that simple. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, that is a big problem for lots of students who are working hard, also um, working, uh, studying really hard. And just like mentally, it pushes you to some point. Uh, You consider what what am I doing here and what are my options? Oh, I don't have any other options, don't I? So just kind of keep on going. Yeah, I mean, look, even for Australian citizens, there's such a drain on mental health services. It's really hard to get appointments. You have to wait a long time. And just to have those other layers of difficulty um, as an international student, yeah, I just think it's, um, yeah, I mean, really everybody that's here needs to be looked after properly, um, whether or not they're a citizen. So, yeah, I'm really sorry that you're in that position. Um, thank, you. thank you for saying that. <laughs> well, I am. I really feel it in my heart. Um, have you heard of people who are able to leave unsafe or underpaid cash jobs now that um, students are allowed to work legally more hours? Um, not really. It's, uh, um, it's really new for everybody, but um, the students... Like it's a kind of a deal breaker for the restaurants who pay cash to the students because they are uh, they were underpaying those students. So uh, I don't know what happened, but uh, I think students uh, should defend their rights to uh, get paid um, the uh, legal amount and what they deserve actually. But I'm sure there are places uh, still pushing uh, their employers. Uh, to get underpaid, um, it never goes away to anywhere. Um, yeah, well, I, I guess it's one thing to know that you should be getting paid more, but as you as you say, you know, like when you're not perhaps in a in a mental state to fight for your rights, that's really hard, and you still might be in that um, vulnerable position where somebody who's from your country speaks your language is telling you that this is how it has to be. I think it's really hard to break out of that, but I absolutely agree with you. Like this is a time for anybody working in any uh, restaurant or, or any business whatsoever uh, where there's such a shortage of employees, like the balls in your court, you should absolutely not be accepting um, anything less than award wages and conditions. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of uh, weird that um, we are thinking student needs this kind of uh, working, uh, like on limitation, but also restaurants need students more than students needs the restaurant, I guess, because now... Uh, we are at the point that a lot of restaurants are suffering to find people to work in their places. So it's kind of work in both ways, but uh, students must be the first priority to be supported, not the restaurants. So this decision uh, is late and kind of missed the opportunity to support students first. Yeah. Absolutely. It's definitely been prompted from the business point of view, but it should uh, it should hopefully allow students to find places um, or change the places where they are working and get get those proper conditions. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, Touche, it's been so great to have you back on Dirty Linen. I'm really grateful to you for um, sharing your perspective with us today. Um, 
how are you feeling about the future now? I'm I'm optimistic because um, it's gonna help a lot of people. It's gonna help me a lot, and yeah, it's gonna be better. But uh, we have to support uh, the students and other visa holders as well. And yeah, it's good to uh, make people. Uh, be more aware of the situation so they can empathize the situation more easily. And I'm really glad that uh, people started to realize that. And yeah, good things going to happen. Great. Well, thank you so much, Touche. And yeah, good luck with the next steps. It's really lovely to chat to you. Oh, thank you for giving me this chance. So lovely to be here. <laughs> okay, take care. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.